going, Yamatators? This is episode 20. We made it to episode 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna listen to 20 more after this. Yam, yeah, guys. Yep. Yam. Yeah, lots of yams. Uh, anyway, it was Rachel Dana. And she is a stand-up comic, and she was really funny. It was kind of all over the place as far as um, availability, because she's really busy. And so uh, the first first part of the episode um, comes in through Skype on her phone. And then uh, a couple days later, we finish the episode through Skype on her laptop outside of work during her lunch break. So kind of all over the place. It was awesome. A lot of comedy talk. Um, a lot of uh, art and technology talk, too. And um, we got into it. So enjoy the episode. Comment on uh, facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Still, uh, still no one has commented. So, uh, you know, join up. Join up with all those people that are commenting. Uh, it's on iTunes and Stitcher and Yamatat.com. Our apartment comedy show is still going on Saturdays. Um, and my Twitter is at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N. And the Twitter for this is at Yamatat. So yam it up. Rachel Dana style. Hey! Hey! <laughs> so I'm on my phone now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm using my data. Actually... Now I don't have to be outside. I can go in my car. Yeah, you can go wherever. It's your mobile phone. You can be mobile. Mobile. My mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say in England. Probably. What? That's what they say in England. Probably. I like your cup. Thanks. Drinking Mountain Dew out of a coffee cup. Nice. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't expect anything else. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm drinking... I, well, I drink coffee. First I drink a Red Bull, and then I went to Starbucks. So I got a coffee, and I drink it. But now it's really dark in here, so let's see. This is true. <laughs> hey! Uh, there we go. Noise free. This is perfect. It's like a little a little studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's your little recording studio. My little my podcast studio. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah. So cool. So how's life? I haven't talked to you in real life forever. I know. Years. Yeah. The last time I saw you was at Pro Flowers, I think. Yep. <laughs> that was years ago. That was... Uh, that was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That, I... wasn't even pregnant yet. <laughs> and now I have a three-year-old. Woo! <laughs> It really doesn't seem like it's been that long, has it? Does it? Do you? No. 
And ProFlyers keeps contacting me every holiday season, and I'm like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> they need people desperately. Like, they've, they've gone through pretty much everyone in San Diego. Nobody wants to work there anymore. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand why. Because it's, like, <laughs> so conditional. It's conditional love. They're like, we'll pay you if you do good for two weeks, but then go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you go away. <laughs> back so bad. Yeah. Come back, please. I'll love you for a second. <laughs> so stand up. Yes, it's happening. Yeah. How long have you been doing it now? Oh, jeez. You saw me my first time on stage. Uh, it was me and... Me and Tyler were doing um, our musical comedy duo, Douchebag and a Tranny. Douchebag and a Tranny, that's right. That was before you started calling yourself various artists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, Douchebag and a Tranny, we did... I think that might have been our first night, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you did um, your first time. And you were funnier than your then-husband. You did better. <laughs> you did better than he did. I remember that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in 2009. Wow. And now it's 2014. Was it 2009? Yes, it was, for sure. It was like April of 2009. So that was five years ago. At Brick by Brick. At Brick by Brick. So many people started there. <laughs> Is it still a place? I keep hearing No. It's, it's well, it's a music venue now. They don't do oh, comedy. Okay. Um, I remember you and Tyler doing... Um, there was one song that I liked, and I would, like, sing it after... Was it, uh, was it Hot Tranny? No. Was it Different Side of Me? No. Uh, there's only three of them. <laughs> What's the third one? I'm trying to remember the third one. That's probably the one. Uh, Hot Tranny, Different Side of Me, and... Oh, I can't remember it now. But something I remember... Like riding, driving in your car and seeing the girl or something like that? Yeah, Different Side of Me. That was... That, uh, that's what it was called, and that lyric didn't come in until, um, like, the end of the chorus or something. Oh. But, yeah, so, yeah, like, this is a song that I wanted to sing to her, and then it's all romantic, and then, um, it turns out that we're really just following her, and... <laughs> like, You're just a stalker? Putting on the gloves and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that was so funny. Uh, that was fun. We, so yeah, we wrote those three songs, and then we were going to do more, and, um, but, so we performed that duo five times, and then Tyler was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I was like, what? Why? And he was like, he was like, I have stage fright. And I was like, really? And he was like, yes, I'm like, terrified every time we go up. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, oh. <laughs> traumatized. Yeah. 
Oh, he was not good at, like, riffing on stage, and that's why, because he was just like, just let's get through this so we can be done with it. I'm not good at riffing, either. <laughs> Do you... I've been hosting a lot of open mics. Okay. Um, to try to get myself more comfortable with being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's working yet. Okay. It's kind of like when you start taking a medication, it takes a while for it to kick in. Sure. You know? Okay. That's what I'm going through right now. It's a good thing I didn't stay at Starbucks. They're, like, packing it up. Can you see? Oh. (laughs) They're like, we're closed now, so go away. Yeah. Um... And I'm not using the... I, I actually don't even need to be here in front of Starbucks, but where else am I? <laughs> I, could go to the, I could go to the bar and, like, do interviews with people. <laughs> <laughs> as a weird... As a weird one-off podcast. Over Skype, over your podcast. <laughs> over Skype, over my podcast, yep. Do like, my, I'm like, here's my, the reins, Rachel. Do whatever you want. <laughs> 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 oh. Um. So what? Wait. I I have like three questions that I usually ask, and then there's like billions of tangents, and then whenever it's over, it's over. Um. Uh. What's your favorite part about doing stand up? I like that question. The feed. The feedback. Oh. Okay. No. 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 So, I used to, when I was a teenager, I was one of those emo kids that would put cuts in my skin. Ooh, okay. To feel pain, you know, to, like, distract myself from my life. And I would, our expanded lyric that uh, says something similar to that. I don't know that reference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> our expanded, they're awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so... I don't do that anymore. I made a lot of promises to a lot of people that I would not put cuts in my skin to feel pain. So when I discovered comedy, I went on stage that one time and I did really well. And then I went on stage the second time and I did really bad. And I felt that pain, you know, that I used to cut into my skin. I felt it on this level. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. So I hated myself for doing so bad on stage, but I loved the pain that I felt from that. Okay, all right. So um, I don't do bad on purpose to feel pain because what's even better than the pain I feel from doing poorly is the high that I get from doing well. That with like when you when when I'm when I do well on stage and I get a huge room full of people like a roar of laughter and I get off stage I feel like all like high and lightheaded I've never been high on any any drug that made me feel as good as doing well on stage (laughs) I have to plug my phone in so I have to move to the front seat hopefully there's enough light That noise you're hearing, listeners, amateurs, is uh, Rachel just moved from her back seat to the front seat. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had turned the light off in that oh. shuffle. There we go. There we go. All right. Um, that's that's awesome. The answer you gave because it gave you something like um, I I totally appreciate a solid like bomb. Um, now because <laughs> because you, like you know the feeling of making everyone laugh. You know the feeling of like being in the moment and the feeling when like people aren't feeling it or you're not really feeling it, like, you get there and then you get in this space and you feel it and you're just like, okay, let's do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to acknowledge it. And if you don't acknowledge while you're bombing, it's bad. It's so bad. It looks it looks so desperate and miserable. Yeah, it looks like you don't know that you're doing bad. Oof. It's that's so awkward. I've seen some seen some bad bombs where it's just like say something, say something, say something to acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, and they don't and then it's just really awkward and that's why some lots of people don't like going to open mic nights. Yeah. It takes a it takes a lot to know even what to say to acknowledge it. Like a certain kind of uh, awareness. A certain. I don't know. I don't know if it's what. Agency quoi. <laughs> but it's really hot in here now. Sitting under this lamp, so I have to take my jacket. <laughs> okay. Um. But it's like it's like something that comes from outside of you through the universe and to your head that you have to be open to getting that in the moment feedback from yep. yourself, really. It's like you have to let the back of your mind do some work and not just try to be so controlled over what you're doing on stage. Because if you're if you if I like for me, if I focus too much on what. I'm doing and trying to calculate every single little thing that I'm doing, I end up paying attention to totally the wrong things, like just what my fingertips are doing. And I'm not even paying attention to what I'm saying because I'm trying to, um, yeah, my phone is getting hot. (laughs) Okay. Let's go into the next question so that we can do this before my phone explodes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, how how long? Oh, what's your current job right now? Do you have like a job job? I do. I work at the Microsoft retail store in Fashion Valley. Hmm. And none of my comments or opinions reflect the comments or opinions of <laughs> Microsoft or its affiliates. <laughs> Covering your ass. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Um, what do you do? What is your job? I work at a um, clinical diagnostics place. We make and sell stuff to doctors' offices and hospitals that they run through their urinalysis and blood machines to make sure the machines are running properly. And I make the labels okay. for all that stuff. Wonderful. Yeah, so there's a lot of science going on around me, and I'm just like, just just give me your stupid label request. I'll make your stupid labels. Ugh. I love that you do that. Uh, I need I needed 
zero college education to get it. <laughs> but I had some college. On that box, I love that like some uh, places put that qualifier of some college instead of just no college to um, or high school diploma to like bachelor degree. Because I'm like, yeah. I did something. <laughs> I had two and a half semesters worth of college. It's some. You got out before before I did. It was supposed to be Bible classes, but they don't need to know that. <laughs> also, I could have gone to no college at all and still gotten my job. If I, it's just all like life experience that qualified me. Yeah. Not any education at all. Yeah, it took me eight semesters to finally. Finally go, what the hell am I doing? Why am I still going to school? Like, this is giving me no satisfaction, except social interaction. The social aspect I liked. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I made a lot of friends there. and um, But other than that, classes and, like, learning. Oh, oh let's go to school and learn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Homework. Homework? I did all my homework in high school. I went from having like a 3.5 grade point average in high school to like a two in college because I wasn't there for the classes. I was there for the socializing. Yeah, I didn't do that well. And then I remember the semester where I was like, I'm not going to go to school after this, and I don't think I'm going to go to school ever again. And it was such an awesome moment, because I was just like, I'm wasting a lot of time. Wasting a lot of time, a lot of money, doing something I don't want to do, to possibly have a fallback plan to do something that I really don't want to do. (laughs) And I'd hear it all the time from my mom, like, just get a degree, just get a degree, and just, you can get a Spanish degree, and just teach Spanish, just do it, just, you can get a degree, just do it. (laughs) (sighs) And I was like, nope, 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 nope. (sighs) Yeah, it was a breath of fresh air when I finally decided. And I've written scripts now, and doing comedy, and the podcast, and, um, Moving to Where L.A. Huh? Are you doing stand-up? Yeah. Um, I've been super local, as as in mega local, like the most local I could get the comedy Girl. night at the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Our apartment comedy show every that's Saturday true. night. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's like two, two weeks ago I set everything up, I set up all the chairs and the spot and the um, the mic and the amp and everything, and nobody showed. So what I did was comedy anyway, and I, like, directed stuff that I was saying to the camera. Oh, yes. And so it's for the internet. Like, <laughs> like I love that, Doug. Yeah. I love that you did that. It was fun. It was weird. And then about about ten minutes through the twenty five minute set that I did, <laughs> I uh, I realized that um, my neighbor was in the carport area and he was listening, but I didn't I didn't acknowledge him at all. And like, <laughs> there's a huge there's a huge language barrier because he's like 
he's like very Mexican. Um, and so I don't think he understood a lot of what I was saying anyway. And I was, I just kept talking to the camera as if I was just doing it for the internet. And so I was just like, I'm just gonna not acknowledge that he's there. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, that was fun. It was weird. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to have to do it again. Um. Last week, uh, it's gonna be. Do you know Tyler Reese? Yeah. Okay, so last week it was gonna be me and Tyler Reese, and I was like doing a lot of packing because I'm moving in July, and it's my box or my box. My room is still like a box apocalypse. <laughs> um, box apocalypse now. Uh, and apocalypse later. Yeah, box apocalypse later. So I was just, I, I mean, I canceled the comedy night last week because I was like, I don't, you know, just want to kind of pack and like not think about jokes right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm excited to move to LA though. That is very cool. That's a very cool thing. Yeah. I think it's about time because you've been far enough away that it won't make a difference to me, but you'll be closer to the things that you love and the things that you do all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's always other people moving up to LA later, you know, like whatever. LA is the next step. It's either LA or New York, and I don't want to, like, deal with seasons, <laughs> but, yeah. but also I want to, like, do TV writing, and I want to, like, act in the stuff that I've written, and, like, just be in that whole area where I can just thrive and, like, do what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been talking about myself. <laughs> What's your dream, dream, I don't like the word job or career, passion, like what, what is like your absolute passion, if you could do blank for the rest of your life and get paid for it, what would it be? Probably paint. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I really like the job that I have now. A lot. Uh-huh. I really like doing comedy a lot. Because um, my job right now, so computers are like technology and gadgets and all that stuff are my favorite things. Love it. Uh, Love I'm it. Super excited about it. Love it. And um, I get paid to either teach people how to use their computers which is awesome because I'm like, you have this really cool, exciting thing and don't know how to use it. Let me show you. <laughs> it gets me really pumped. And, um, and so that's really cool. Or I'm like demonstrating how to use Xbox. So I'm pretty much just like playing Xbox for a couple hours a day. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, yeah. <laughs> or like the third thing that I do is, um, just walk the floor and answer questions about our computers. Wow. So I'm paid to learn about new gadgets and I'm it's like, I would, I would pay to learn the stuff that they pay me to do. 
Yeah, I do. So, well, maybe, I don't know if I would actually pay. If I was making, if I was, never mind, never mind. That's a, I was going to get too confusing with my words. <laughs> um, if it was a class. If it was a if class, was, then you would pay to do what you're doing for work. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, so I I mean I do love it and I could do it forever. I could see myself doing it forever easily. But um but I really I, I well and then the other thing is that I really love comedy. Um mm-hmm. I get a lot out of comedy. But I don't believe in myself enough. I think it's a big problem that, like, I'm really critical of myself when it comes to comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little more forgiving of myself when it comes to my artwork. Um, okay. And the things that I do. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like, the culture of comedy and... How women are so well, well represented and there's mostly women and... Uh. <laughs> That has, that has actually very little to do with it for me. I didn't that that hadn't even really crossed my mind. But I bet it, it at least subconsciously pl- plays a factor into it because um, when I first came back to comedy, so I I started comedy all those years ago at Breakback Rick. I did comedy for about a year, and then um, stopped because the man I was married to at the time kind of made me choose, like, between him and comedy. And so I chose the marriage and stayed married for a couple years, and then um, everything else didn't work out in that situation, so got got out of the marriage and went back to comedy. It wasn't like I didn't leave him for comedy. Right. Like I left him, and then I was like, "Oh, hey, I can do comedy again." Yeah. So, uh, so I got back to comedy. So now, at this point, I'm not brand new. So I've I've honed my stuff a little bit. I'm not like an like a a newcomer. I I've, I have some jokes. I have some jokes. <laughs> I got jokes. That's the first album title. Yeah. I, I got jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't go by Rachel Robinson anymore because that was my married name. So I go by my first and middle name, and that's Rachel Dana, okay. which a lot of people don't remember. And sometimes I even call myself Rachel Robinson sometimes. I mean, it's your Skype name. Is it? I got to change that. Rachel I gotta change Robinson just, Cheese Fries. <laughs> Rachel Cheese Fries. I just got to change it to Rachel Cheese Fries. Yeah. But the – so – um was in the middle of a thought. I came back to comedy. Oh, well, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's about being a woman. I came back to comedy, a woman. I had lost a ton of weight, so I was, like, super skinny. My hair was all long and blonde and flowy, and I knew I was sexy, and so I was, <laughs> like, using that to get stage time, and they were willing to give it to me. Like, I, well, I was just, I wasn't, okay, that sounds really bad. Nope, nope. You used your sex appeal. To get yes. stage time. <laughs> I was very and um and and I was getting tons of stage time. And maybe my looks didn't have a lot to do with it, but I think that it did. And then eventually like people realized that I wasn't gonna 
follow through on my flirtations. <laughs> and so I got a less stage time. And then I took it personally and thought that, um, oh, well, now I've gotten worse. I'm not as funny as I used to be because people don't want to book me as much anymore. Um, and so there was like this big chunk of time when I was developing a lot of new jokes and maybe a lot of them weren't ready for a show and I should have just stuck with open mics for a long time, but I was getting booked on shows and I'm not going to say no to stage time. Right. So, um, so there's, there's that whole time period of getting, working, working out new jokes. I don't know. It was the developmental phase where I was on stage was not where I should. I, I, it's, a, it's a thing, and I'm not, I don't think that I'm the, this is the only person that happens to. Right. Because I see other girls come on to comedy um, and get a lot of stage time at first also. And then. You may not have been ready for how much stage time you were getting. So yeah, yeah, on shows. Like, definitely, it's always good to pursue open mics and develop that way. But on a show, when you hear laughs at a show, you think that what you're saying is good and that you don't need to change it. Mm-hmm. Part of an open mic is that refining process that you need to hear nobody laughing to know that you need to... Refine the joke and change Fine. it. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So when you when you when you hear people laughing enough times at something, the way that you say it, you think you don't need to say it any differently. Yeah. Um, the our apartment comedy show has been like kind of a refining fire as far as like because I've I've done. I've done a bunch of jokes, like, a bunch of times, uh, and gotten laughs here, but then, um, sometimes it's the same crowd that shows up, and so I can't, like, keep doing them, so it's, like, forcing me to, like, write new stuff and think of new things, and, um, it's a really cool environment to just be like, alright, well, here's some more stuff that I've been thinking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I totally want to take the show up with me when I when I move. That's a good idea. Yeah. Start another open mic at wherever I find a place, and they can just deal with it. They're like no loud parties, no overnight guests. I'm like, oh yeah, shut up, because one night a week. <laughs> One other week, our apartment comedy show is happening. <laughs> They're like, well, you can't live here. And I'm like, please, I'm sorry, I'll take it back. <laughs> you become pro-flowers. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. You don't, we don't want you here. Uh, I got a message on my phone that says I'm running out of data. Oh, wow. Okay, so we need to cut this short. <laughs> yeah.
Okay. Um, let me think. So you haven't been able to get up to our apartment comedy show because, like, there's a share car sharing situation, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. And I want to I want to do it maybe one of these days. Like, if we I find out who is coming up from here, who's coming up from San Diego. Yeah, this week it's going to be me, Jeffrey Burner, Tyler Reese, and this guy Scott Kaufman. Um, and Scott Ackerman. Scott, yeah. Scott Kaufman, his first set ever, he did like 22 minutes, and he just was killing the whole time. <laughs> That's so, bizarre. It was insane, because he's really, really funny. He's one of those people where never even occurred to him to do stand-up until someone was like, you should do stand-up. <laughs> yeah. And he's naturally good at it. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm not funny. I'm like, dude, yes, you are. <laughs> Um, let's see. There's so much stuff we didn't cover yet. How much time do you think? Like a couple. We can minutes? do a follow-up session. Yeah. When I can get on Wi-Fi and can don't have to use my phone. Okay. Um, when you, whenever you get back to your place. Hello. So right here is where Rachel's phone ran out of data or something. I'm not sure what happened, but. The call got cut short, and so we picked up, and it is now the 16th uh, Friday, and um, here's the rest of the uh, episode. So, enjoy. Hello? Is my picture all white? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, it's... It's, there, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> like a ghost. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you're there. So. <laughs> Funny. Uh, All right. Cool. So, podcast part two in the same episode. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember where we left off. Um... I think we were talking about um, you doing comedy and oh, it adjusted finally. I think we were talking about you doing comedy and then like um, then getting a lot of stage time and then not getting a lot of stage time after that. Oh yeah, being a girl <laughs> and. Yeah, having to adjust to it. It's a definitely, I think it's definitely a different experience for a female than a man going through the comedy process. But girls and boys are exactly the same in every job. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it could be equal, but whatever. I wish a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so, you and I are both in the same club, the DGC, or the Divorced Guys Slash Girls Club. Yeah. 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 So, um... And all that, that, your whole marriage and divorce happened... Kind of quick. Between, since the last, yeah, <laughs> that was really quick. How long were you married? For just over eight months. Okay. Mine was seven years. Woo! Yikes. 
Okay. So how? <laughs> do, do you want to talk about it or? I don't mind talking about it. It was pretty awful. The whole time. Yeah. Well, there was like there was obviously some fun moments within that, but sure. the whole time was a really was a huge struggle. We got married really quick. That um, I was only twenty when we got married, and we had only known each other for a day, <laughs> eight months, pretty much a day. <laughs> We met in August of 2005, and were married by the following March. Crazy. And you were 20, so clearly you knew everything you wanted. Yes. <laughs> I just, like, I had had so few relationships. I never... Um... I, ne- I had maybe one guy before him that I considered my boyfriend, and that wasn't even serious. It was when I was in Arkansas. I lived in Arkansas for five months. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's an experience. It was definitely an experience. Um, but I was really lonely out there because I only had two friends. And then this guy asked me out on a couple dates, and so I considered him my boyfriend for like a week. Mm. And then eventually I was like, I don't really like you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> and then there was another guy that I had a relationship with um, that I met him right before I left Arkansas. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. So we kept in touch. And then we, like, things got really emotionally serious. Oh. And this was, like, all long distance. And then he got me, and I didn't know that it was okay to end something that wasn't going well. <laughs> of course. I actually didn't learn that until a couple of years ago. So December of 2012, okay. I didn't learn that it's okay to end something that's not. Uh, well, I mean, not that not that any time something's not awesome, you can. Right. I should, but. If it's a constant source of like, if it's a constant well of not going well, then uh, I mean, it's the well is poisoned and there's no no good water coming out of that. I'm just gonna say well as many times as I can. <laughs> use it, use it in every single way possible. Well, yeah. <laughs> the well is not well. Mm-hmm. So you're free now. So I'm free now. Yeah. As of as of December, our divorce paperwork will be final. I think in uh, the summer, sometime in the summer, because yeah, probably right. It's a six month cooling off period. Well, um, there w- there is the six month period. We file. We actually. So the way that it happened is that I left him in December of 2012, hmm. and. Then we um, we didn't file any paperwork until the following August. Okay. Just because neither of us want, I don't know. We were just both over the relationship and didn't even want to think about each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then eventually we were like, all right, we need to get this straightened out legally because uh. we need to be apart. And then this, and then there was this really big 
dramatic series of events that happened with the custody of our daughter. And then just this last February, we actually got the paperwork seriously started. So we worked out all the custody stuff first. All that was taken care of in February. And then in March, we took care of all of the other complicated issues. I guess being married seven years, a lot of stuff comes up. There's a lot to work out. But we got all that taken care of. So we officially got our paperwork done, and then we just need to wait on the judge's signature. A lot of stuff. Yeah, it's sucks. Crazy. <laughs> well, it's, it looks like you're in the, uh, coming out of the, uh, coming out of the shit phase. Yes. As far as, like, getting, gonna be able to get back to some, some normalcy. Yeah, that's, that's, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. I am in another relationship now that is going amazing. Right. Um, I didn't expect to meet someone so great so soon after this awful relationship thing happened. So we're taking it really slow because... You want to be sure. Because I didn't last time, and I know that it's the right thing to do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, cool. So how does that factor into um, your comedy? Like, do, have you brought relationship stuff into your act, or do you kind of stay away from that and go more abstract, or what? <laughs> more abstract. <laughs> um, I, I do talk about dating um, and kind of more of a general relationships are like burritos jokes. Uh, but I don't really, I don't know, like, there, I have stuff about divorce. So it's, it's kind of all general stuff, not like specific to what I've gone through. Yeah. Which I could. I have a lot more jokes about being mentally ill. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a punchline for your relationship show like burritos. Um, no matter how you handle it, it's gonna end up like messy and wet in your lap in the end. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, it's like uh, the. No matter how hard you hold on to it, it always falls apart. Ah. And in the end, it all turns into poop. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, comedy, you said in the last section, which everyone who's listening, all, all three of them are going to be like, wait, that's the same section, isn't it? Um, art, that you wanted to do, like, either make art or, like, deal with technology and computers for, like, for your uh, mountaintop. Yeah, and if I could, if I could also be doing comedy too, because I can't stop. I can't stop doing comedy. Yeah. Every time I like get away from it for a while, it, it's painful. I need it. I'm addicted to it. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily my passion, but I need it. It's like coffee in the morning. It's probably part of your passion. It's probably one of your passions. Yeah. I would say that. 
Because I can't, I can't be without it. Because if yeah, if you couldn't be without, or if you could be without it and you didn't need it, then it wouldn't be one of your passions. I understand that. Yeah, okay. I did a lot of. Part of me too is like afraid of criticism. That like, how can you be so passionate about something that you're so bad at? <laughs> I'm sorry, that. <laughs> Are you trying to make me spit out my soda? Is that what you were trying to do? I love your Ghostbusters cut. Thanks. I think I said that last time, too. Yeah. Just like undo out of a Ghostbusters mug. Um, cool. So, uh, I have, let's see. I did your favorite part about doing stand-up. I did dream career. And we know that you work at that Microsoft store. Is it a Microsoft store? It's kind of like an Apple store, but just Microsoft instead? Yeah, I, there's the store right behind me. I came outside. Oh. So it's a whole store full of computers and phones and Xboxes. <laughs> Most people are being videoed. They're like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no one here. I'm in my private recording studio. Oh, right, of course, yeah. <laughs> Um, nice. So, have you have you done any festivals, any comedy festivals? No, there was one in San Diego. I tried to get on it and I couldn't. Why I, not? I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't accepted. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I sent in a submission video and it wasn't. Uh, I mean, I wasn't chosen. So that is very surprising to me. Oh, I am the funniest person in the world, so... <laughs> yeah, it just went, all went over their heads. They couldn't see the, the art. I don't know. I it's You're funny. And some of the people... I, you know, that a lot of people were on that festival that I think you were... Hey, I, was, I mean, I wasn't fishing for compliments here. I mean, come on. <laughs> I didn't think you were, but I'm actually genuinely surprised that you were not accepted. Well, thank you. <laughs> I didn't try to get on it. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know why. Because it's stage time, and I shouldn't like. I shouldn't try not. I shouldn't not try to get stage time. Yeah. But there's certain venues and stuff that I, I aren't my favorite. Yeah. Within San Diego, and we don't, and, have, to, we don't have to name them if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a couple, too, that are like, eh. I could take it or leave it. Yeah. I'm excited to get up to L.A. There's tons of venues up there. Yeah, I can imagine. It's probably a lot easier. Down here, there's, like, four. Is that right? One, two, three, four. I have yeah, there's four. store, and ACC. Yeah. Um... But you remember when it were there was just first there was just two the palace and the store, and then there were three when the Madhouse and Mirror Mesa was there, which you and I were there for the opening night of that. Yep, I performed there and it was awesome. It was very cool, uh, and that was a really cool place. It was small and like it felt a lot of love because it was like homemade. It was yeah, yeah. like a homemade club. Yep. Everybody loved each other. And then that got shut down. 
and it was back to just two clubs. So everyone in San Diego that did comedy, everybody knew each other because we all had to go to the same places to get any stage time at all. But now things are different because there are so many places that you can get stage time. Not everybody knows each other. It's not as much of a tight-knit culture as it used to be. There's all these different uh, segmented Clicks, not really clicks. That makes it sound like high school. Kind of clicks, kind of comedy clicks, I guess. If there's, there's like the guys who do the store all the time. Yeah. I guess. Um, and then there's like the guys who do, will do like Madhouse, ACC, and like uh, Till Two. Yeah. And then there's like the Palace. I feel like the Palace is its own separate thing. Um, where like. People will do open mic there, but they'll also get booked there, and I don't know. It feels separate because it's so far away from the other ones. Yeah, it is far from the other ones. The The open mic there is really popular, but I don't know a lot of people that go to the weekend shows, mm. but that's just me because there's this whole other part of San Diego comedy that um, tons of people go there all the time and get booked there all the time. We'll call it a microcosm, because I like using that word when I can. The microcosm? Yeah. The microcosm. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Um, I used to... You know, when the, when the madhouse in Mira Mesa shut down, those guys took over the palace for a little while. Oh. And I was at the palace all the time back then. Hmm. That was, like, 2010. And there was a lot going on there because it was the only one of two clubs that were open. I think 2010 was around the time when I started dating my ex-wife. And while we were together, like, I was not inspired at all. At all. And I only went up, like, once in the whole, like, two-year span of, of us being together. Which totally sucked, because, like, not only was I not inspired, but I, I no longer had the urge to just do anything. I was just like, alright, well, let's all get home, do nothing. Wake up the next day, repeat. Like, it was just... <sighs> yeah, sucks. But I'm out now. Free. Out of that. Out of that hellhole. It's good. Yeah. Mine, mine became very much routine, also. Actually, um... After I had my baby, yeah. things got really really stressful in the marriage and I ended up in the mental hospital for 10 days what happened what did you do I um, had started on some medication for my mental disorders and then um, had to go without them and started going through withdrawals so I and so I I ended up in the mental hospital. Like the police took me <laughs> to the mental hospital, and I um, I started. They got me back on the medication, and everything got stable again. Yeah. But I didn't want to leave. I was like, I don't want to go back home. I don't want to go back Whoa. to uh, that house and that marriage. And oh no. 
and so I had a social worker that was working with me while I was in the mental hospital, and he communicated a lot of that stuff to my husband, who then would call me and be like, why don't you just talk to me about this stuff? Why do you got to tell everybody else about it? Oh my and God. I was like, I have told you, and you don't help me. <laughs> oh. So, um, so the, after the social worker talked to him, things got better once I was out of the mental hospital, but he, he, he always held that against me, that I, like, abandoned oh. him and left him a single parent for 10 days, and that um, the house was a mess all the time because I wasn't there to clean it, and he didn't know, like, he, he just couldn't believe that I would do that to him. Wow. So, yeah, solid dude. <laughs> <laughs> What um, what did like? Did you go peacefully when they brought you to the mental hospital? Were you? Yeah, uh, I did. Um, I was losing it, and I knew that I needed help. Okay. So I did go with them, but I, and I was trying to keep myself in reality. Um, I had a pen, and I and I had to just in my head like repeat. He, listening to my daughter say things, say like "mama," and so I was hearing her in my head, like holding on to that "mama, mama," and, and I wrote her name like all over my arms, like trying to keep myself, you know, within my body. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, do you remember the the Simpsons episode where they took Ned to the mental hospital? No. Um, they like he's he's like losing his mind, right? And so then the, the cops are about to take him away. And they go, okay, we can drag you away peacefully, or we can drag you away kicking and screaming. And he goes, kicking and screaming, please. <laughs> 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 so they're dragging him, and he's like, ah! diagnosed with or like you know it's okay you don't have to talk about it or no it's okay um i was diagnosed with ang severe anxiety depression bipolar um, and post-traumatic stress oh. i mean not like cuckoo crazy but like <laughs> you're like yeah you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot that's that's as Marty McFly would say. That's heavy. This is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But you're back now. You're back. Yeah, I'm back in the real life. Which being with a bunch of crazy people all the time and a bunch of workers that expected me to also be crazy all the time really freed me a lot of like the anxiety that I would feel about being in the world with people who, in my mind, everyone else had it all figured out, and I was like, where everyone else got the instructions on how to live life, and I have no clue. So that's a big part of um, why I stayed married, is because I had somebody to tell me what to do all the time, oh. because I didn't know what to do. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know what to do anytime. So he would just tell me what to do, and I was okay with that for a long time. 
but coming out of the mental hospital, I was like, wait a second, I'm a person, too, and these thoughts that I have are not abnormal, and I can do whatever I want. And I wanted to stay married and do what I wanted, but he didn't want me to do whatever I wanted. He was, he was like, um, he was like, we're a team, and I'm the coach. And I was like, well, we're co-coaches. And he was like, well, I'm the head coach, and you're the assistant. This, was this a real conversation you guys had? Yes. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You're like, listen, coach, I'm going to have to quit the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. That was a long, long journey then. Yeah. Uh-huh. What seemed like the never-ending story, but it finally ended. It finally ended. <laughs> It happened one day is that uh, I was just, I was like stuck and I was thinking like, what am I going to do? Nothing is working. You know, I can't get uh, him to cooperate at all with anything. I was sitting on the toilet and that's always when you have like those moments of clarity. And I had like this thought came into my head like super clear. It's said, you don't have to stay. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I don't have to stay. <laughs> so I called my friend and I was like, hey, will you help me move out today? <laughs> today? <laughs> She's like, oh, this is happening. Okay. All right. <laughs> and my parents were all excited. <laughs> My mom went and got lunch for everybody, and we all packed up my <laughs> place. Right. Oh, man. But I wanted him to come home after I had packed everything so that I could just say, this is it, I'm leaving, and then leave without having to have him yeah. packing. Without the confrontation during packing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so every, everyone came over and they were having this little packing party and he called me and we had had a fight the night before because I was out late with my friends and, um, he didn't believe me that we were at Hooters because that's where I told him we were, but we were there the whole time. And so <laughs> he didn't believe me that that's where we went. And so, um, so he was really pissed when I got home. So that was the fight that we had the night before. So while we were packing, he calls me, and uh, he, I answered the phone, and he was like, so what do you have to say for yourself? What? And I was like, um, there's no problem. I was an adult, and I was out with my friends, and you knew where we were. So... Our daughter is having a really good day. She's super happy. <laughs> I just imagine he's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And you're like, uh, yeah, do you know where we keep all the tape? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why? You're like, nothing, nothing. I just, I, just want, I just need some tape right now, and I just can't find all of our tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Either way, it would probably be the same outcome, too, is what actually happened. He, he came, he showed up. He came home. Oh, while you were packing? Yeah. Oh. And so he comes to the door, and he sees everybody, my parents and my friends and everybody, packing up my stuff. And he was like, what's happening? <laughs> Are you moving out? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, Why? And I was like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? I said, yeah. And he was like, okay. And he walked away. Wow. Hey. I was so ready to be done. Like all I all I packed and took with me were the things that were just mine. Anything that we had acquired together, I just left. Like I have whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was very there was very little splitting of uh, assets and stuff for for me and my ex because it was like just pretty much just your wedding gifts. Um. Yeah. I think she took some and just left some or whatever. I didn't really pay attention to that stuff. And then there was like um, uh, a, a banjo. Like we we bought a banjo because she like started like wanted to start playing to like feel closer to me like through music and stuff. And she she took that and I'm like, all right, fine. Then. I mean, it was your your banjo. And then like half of what was ever whatever was in the checking and savings account. And then just the rest of her stuff. <sighs> yeah. Did you end it, or was it like a mutual decision? I ended it. Like, even though there was like zero chemistry on my end, she still didn't want to ever um, end it. She was like, I don't care if there's a, never any chemistry, I still want to stay with you forever. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Whew. Yeah, it was bad. Did she say why? Um she I mean, alone? Well at first there was no chemistry on her end too either. But then as we were together, like she she formed the emotional bond and then through that like she felt chemistry. But I still felt like no chemistry. And so she wanted to stay together, and I was just like, I can't. Well, but I, I didn't say that. I just, I mean, like I asked for the divorce when we were in the marriage counselor's office one day, and she like, took off her ring and started crying. And when I left the like, marriage counselor's office, like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. It was crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we've been through it. I mean, yours was yours was tougher. <laughs> Not a contest. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was, I won. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but um. But kudos to you for leaving as soon as you did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there was like, yeah, there was like barely anything to split. So it was just like, she split, and I was like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, on 
lighter note? Comic Con is around the corner. Are you going to Comic Con? Um, I like to wander the streets of downtown San Diego during Comic Con, but I can never afford to get in. Yeah. I was able to get a ticket this year because my buddy has a press pass, and he didn't get me a free ticket, but he was able to get a ticket for me, and then I paid him back. Uh-huh. Um, so that's awesome. I want to do, like, I, w- I tried to do a press pass for this year for, like, a blog that I started, like, three months before press passes were finalized or whatever. Mm. But that's not gonna get me in. I want to do. I want to bring my podcast there next year. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. And I will have been in LA, and so you know, just that'd be sweet. Just like have a booth and just podcast from there. Yeah, livecast. Yeah, Yamata. All the Yamatators are gonna be there. That's what I call my listeners. <laughs> all six of them. Yeah. And they 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 all have. Well, you said three, and now there's six. Yeah, between when I said three and six, three more tacked on. Nice. Oh yeah. You're gaining followers pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a slow it's a slow build, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, it's a slow burn, just like the fires in. Uh, San Diego right now. Oh yeah, Holy yeah. That's what, that's right. I was gonna go on uh, Wednesday. I was gonna go drive up and do the podcast in person with you. But Carlsbad was on fire. Yep, like all of Carlsbad and most of San Marcos. Like I was supposed to work today and supposed to work yesterday, but both days got called off because of the maps. I can't stop thinking about that Death Cab Pursued guess yeah. Death Cab Pursued song. The Grapevine Fires. It's perfect for because um Which album is that from? Narrow Stairs. Okay. The fire is north of me. And then it talks about in the song about fires in the north. And that the News report on the radio said it was getting worse as the ocean breeze fanned the flames. Oh, it's like perfect. Yeah. They predicted it. Probably they started the fires. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that rumor arson. right now. <laughs> Death camp for arson. Death camp for cute arson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that the song may have been about the L.A. fires that happened Because it's fire season. I mean, this happens all the time. Yeah. Southern California catches fire. There's a magnifying glass over us. My computer is now dying of battery. There's always these technical difficulties. Well, your lunch is almost over, too. I checked the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But this was a good extension of the episode. This, I think this is completing it pretty well. Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> Do I have anything to plug? Yeah, your Twitter? What's your Twitter? Uh, RR Cheese Fries. RR Cheese Fries, okay. Do you have any shows and coming up? I do. Um, I hope My favorite open mic that I host is once a month uh, Lights Out Comedy Show at the Ken Club. It's the last Monday of every month at 9 p.m. On Alex Avenue? 
on Adam's Avenue. Yeah. Yeah, we remember that one time we ran into each other at the Ken Club? There yeah. was a movie going next door about a, a Mormon named Doug. Doug and Nathan. I was the impetus of that. I was yeah. the inspiration of Doug and Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that's the place. So cool. I like hosting that. And plus they do sketches and stand-up. And they don't record their sketches or anything. It's all just about the live performance. Oh. They don't have. They don't do it for the internet right. or anything. They just do it for the people that are there in the room. And I love just that. For the experience. To for never, the art. To never be seen or heard again. <laughs> Sometimes they like they did a greatest hits show where they reperformed all the all the most popular sketches. Okay. But other than that, it's all pretty much. Just for the live performance. <laughs> so that's my favorite. Cool. So lights out. Our Archie's fries. Um, yeah. My website is oh. radicallybeautiful.com, okay. and I have some of my paintings and stuff there. Ah, great. Let's check that out, Yamitators. Yeah. Radicallybeautiful.com. <laughs> Radically beautiful. All right. Well, this has been good. Yeah, super fun, and we gotta hang out. We should just Skype for fun sometimes. Yeah. Alright. That'd be awesome. Alright, Doug. Okay, have a good rest of your day at work. Alright, thanks. Have a, enjoy the fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Alright, yeah. bye-bye. Bye.